Panenka scores with this shot. Czechoslovakia have won the championship. Now Panenka versus Meyer. And he scored it, and they've won it. Czechoslovakia are the new European champions. Welcome to the Football Kit Podcast's Euro 2020 Review Special. We're dispensing with the usual format for this episode, but don't worry, there'll still be an unhealthy focus on mashups. Joining Dennis and me for this Euro Special are two kit connoscenti who will help us dissect the latest edition of the Euros from a polyester perspective. Firstly, there's the author of three essential tomes, True Colours 1, 2 and the International Kit Edition, as well as being the man who described the early years of Admiral as the Baroque period for kits. It is, of course, the estimable John Devlin. Welcome, John. Hello, Les. Hello. Hello, Dennis. Hi, John. And also with us is a tireless tracker of kits, selfless public servant for polyester enthusiasts. He goes by the nom de plume kit geek on his blog and Twitter, but offline he's known as Gavin Hope. Thanks for joining us, Gav. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks, Les. So before we look at the kits of Euro 2020 group by group and then go through the knockout phases, I'm interested to know which Euros each of us considers to be the benchmark for a high standard of kits, with the secondary question being, how was Euro 2020 compared for you? John? I am going to go for 84. I think several of my favourite kits are in that, and I think overall the, the quality was so good, and so much of that that tournament has ended up being iconic, rivaling '88, of course, which are, I guess is the is you know the Euros tournament for benchmark kits. But '84 for me, and I think that this has compared. Yeah, it's been okay. It's certainly not been the worst. I'll put it that way. That's that's in my view. Okay, Gav, what about you? For me, 2016, very much a hill that I will die on is that I love the vapor template. Um, so that was peak vapor template. Um, so we got, you know, the turkey kind of Spider-Man kind of black and red kit um, with their kind of turquoise and red away. I loved the England kit with the red socks. That really worked for me. I did like the blue sleeves as well. I'm very much probably on my own in that. Also the French shirt with the alternate color sleeves that in the end was never allowed to be used. You've got the other kits. Adidas had the reversible uh, Germany away, the Spanish heat mat kit, Belgian cycling team based away kit. Um, lots of kind of classic looks and also Iceland. So area coming in, you know, and hot on the international scene and pulled off a kind of an iconic kit for an iconic team for that tournament. Mm, fascinating choice. What about you, Dennis? It's a bit of a cheat because Italian 90 was the first tournament I remember, but Euro 88, looking back in hindsight, like was just packed with quality when you consider there was eight teams. You had the West Germany one, which is considered by a lot of us to be the best ever, the Netherlands one, Ireland's one, I prefer the 1991, but that's just because of personal experience. A lot of other Irish fans would go for the 88 one. I thought the England one was lovely with the, the granddad neck. The Danish one suffered from following the, the 86 one, but I still think it's a, a lovely kit in its own right. And the Italy and Spain ones are the quintessential versions for me. The Lecoque Sportive Spain one and the unmarked Diodora Italy one, just with the the flag trim around the cuffs and the collar. And the USSR one, a red version of the Dutch one, I remember as fondly. Maybe if they had won, I don't know they were the away kit in the final, so scratch that. But I think it's just a great collection of kits. I figured everyone would go for older kits and I would be maybe picking something a bit more modern, but Gav's urinated on my chips quite well there because I was going for Euro 2000. I thought that tournament was brilliant. The football certainly was, if you take out England and Germany. I think the kit aesthetics from Euro 2000 still hold up 21 years later. You know, by 2000, Nike was 
fairly well established at this point as a, as a tournament manufacturer. And despite them having a reputation for being quite disruptive, I thought the, the 2000 kits were really clean and classy looking. The Netherlands uh, V-neck shirt with the black shorts, I think that looks fresh now. And it's quite obvious that the Netherlands Euro 2020 kit, uh, the home at least, is is based on that one. I don't think Portugal have ever looked better than at Euro 2000. And of course, you had the way Kappa was doing, going to war on the baggy kit aesthetic, and that would have repercussions over the next couple of years. And and even um, England's Umbro kit, I, I wasn't that fond on it at the time, but I actually think I really like it now. I've, I've developed a fondness for that kit over time. And perhaps the only bizarre thing from Umbro was the odd sport wool kits. So you had the England away and Norway's two kits in a ridiculously heavy material, not really what you want for uh, for a, a summer tournament. But beyond that, I thought I thought Euro 2000 was excellent. How does Euro 2020 compare? Yeah, not bad. I think had Puma not have changed some of the away shirts, I think that would have upgraded it. A debate I'm sure we'll have as we uh, as we get onto Euro 2020 plus one. I, I think the fact that you have 24 countries now means that the spread of quality is, is probably wider still and it's hard to just box them, you know, as a as a group of kids together, if that makes sense. Mm. But anyway, let's get the, the verdicts of our guests. So we won't go through every game because we'd end up with the world's first week-long podcast. Instead, we'll look at each group and hopefully cover the notable kid happenings. And Sesame Street style will start with Group A. So Group A then consisted of Italy, Turkey, Switzerland and Wales, three of which had all red first choice kits. And so after Andrea Bocelli's rousing rendition in Essen Dorma and the social media frenzy of a ball delivering tiny car that might be a remote control toy, but could equally be Lorenzo Insigne's actual vehicle. What kits caught your attention, Gav? So Italy kits straight away. Um, I think the new template that Italy had, the Italy version was the best. Uh, of those templates and that's we kind of kicked off the tournament there and with Italy in three different kits in those three games as well so seeing all aspects we had the uh, the home with both navy and white shorts so yeah that's one Wales another one um, for me as well one of the only teams that didn't have a white variation kit so at the yellow green uh, away uh, with their to complement their red home and one of the three of the groups that had nine kits on show for the 12 games hmm. what did you like john well i thought the uh the turkey wales game overall was the best game for kits i thought the turkey one worked really well i love the tonal the tonal use of red which i guess in some ways a natural contemporary successor to shadow stripes isn't it that idea of maintaining the integrity of the color but adding a bit of something to it the whales the whales awake it i found it, it was such a rich rich shade of yellow or amber whatever you want to call it i thought that worked really well and as gav said i'm just i'm just in love with those puma awake it's i just think they've they've shaken up what a football shirt could be like and uh, i think we're you know the, the kit world's in need of something like that so i was i just i just love seeing it being worn that was a, a big buzz for me yeah, I would agree with you, John. I know it's it's the unpopular position to take, but I, I do really like them. It's a lovely, clean design. I think a lot of the the criticism stems from the smaller crests and the fact that on some the Puma logo is the same size or bigger than the, the crest and just the, the, the fact that there's a word mark. It, it, it has shaken mm. up people's sensibilities, I think, on kits, like what you're saying. One pity, I think, is that the Italian one I I put above the rest simply because it has more colours. The Switzerland one and the, the Czech ones are just a little bit behind it because of just being a little bit duller. I like the Austria one as well, especially with the black shorts and socks like we'll come to. Um, and, and funnily enough, um, on my website, I, I do... Uh, it's normally a weekly feature, but it's kind of fallen dormant the last while called Fantasy Get Friday. And I have a request in for a Watford 80s style version of that Puma design. So that's ah. something to look forward to. Well, I think the, the Austria one, isn't that the only one that had a um, a repeated badge pattern as well, Dennis? If I'm... The Italy one had the badge pattern, but incredibly faint. It was only wow. on the second or third viewing I spotted it. I, um, oh, I didn't see that. Wow. And what, one other pity was that 
the country's had matching goalkeeper kits for the, the shirts. But uh, Donnarumma for Italy was the only one to wear his. It looked very nice in uniform mm. for that opening game. He actually wore four different kits in his first four games. Yeah, very, very strong kit group. Italy's Renaissance-inspired primary kit is beautiful. And I quite like it with navy shorts too. I think, mm. you know, the polo collar being navy means means it works. And it's interesting, I, I didn't realise until long after the opening day that Italy had a mashup on in the opening game because Italy have got two pairs of navy shorts that they attend Pico. One with a white puma meant for the change kit and one with a gold puma, which are, are alternate shorts for the home kit. So um, the, the, what, the, what the white shirts, shorts for the home shirt. But when you see the, the Italy white kit, it looks like a complete kit. Yeah. I just don't think it looked like a, a mashup on first view. And OK, let's let's have the, the puma discussion then. Um, <laughs> I, I accept that they were trying something new, but I think I like my kits with a bit of structure and even though I like clean kits, I just found them a little too basic. The the basic T aesthetic shape and the and the big scoop neck. I just felt there were a downgrade on the kits that they replaced. And I also think they're an odd they're oddly juxtaposed when you look at the home kits. And this this group's perfect for that. So you look at the the Renaissance floral pattern detail of the Italy shirt, and then you've got this plain white away and and similarly with with switzerland i i, I thought the two-tone red of switzerland really worked I, I i thought i thought there was a really fresh look something different for the swiss and then again they but they tended to favor the away kit which again was just just very mm. basic in comparison I, I don't hate those puma kits but i don't, I don't know I'm, I'm i'm not going to revise my view on them i don't think um, I think for me, it was just as soon as I saw them, I thought, this is what I've been crying out for, because I'm, I I get so bored with a badge here and the manufacturer's brand there and on every single kit. I mean, I love that period oh, 15, 10, 15 years ago when the, the, the manufacturer's logo would be a bit higher or it'd be off-centred or asymmetrical. Anything that breaks up that that structure really there so possibly I'm the complete opposite to you. Mm. So to do something that was so different, to have that word, I thought it's just genius because it's so, so different. And I think it needs a shot in the arm at the moment, the kit world. I think there's only so far you can go with crew neck or V-neck um, tops with a Larry pattern on. <laughs> that, 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 of, that to me is very limited and this breaks those barriers. I think one of the problems that um, it had is it was almost had that second album syndrome. The kind of the kits that it followed were so iconic and so different in design if they'd have been followed by a plain kit you know something kind of more standard and then we saw these kits i think they would have got a lot of better reception um but you know when you're following such great kits particularly those italy three kits because we had the third green as well and then you know the um the switzerland red and the austria kits and particularly the austria way i know we'll come on to that shortly you know having these completely different views and templates i think probably did it you know that say that difficult second album situation where if there was something in between i think it would have been accepted a lot better i do i do wonder if we're going to be in a situation as in the england uh 2009 10 and that that white that white shirt came out and it completely kind of it's ground zero in many respects for getting back to, to basics i wonder if we'll see in a few years copies of that puma style or will it be the same as scotland's 86 shorts and no one else bites, no one else takes it up. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, group B was a, a Puma free zone, so we can move on from that discussion. And there was Denmark, Finland, Belgium and Russia. The first match, obviously, was overshadowed by Christian Eriksen's collapse. Uh, thankfully, he was OK and Denmark recovered well and they qualified for the knockout stage along with Belgium. So what, Gav, made your kid geeking senses tingle in Group B? So a couple of things here. Firstly, Denmark in home, third and then away kits. So three different, completely different kits in all three group games. But this was also a group where five of the six games were a variation of red versus white. The only game, the aforementioned Denmark versus Finland, which apart from the sleeve clash, which I'm sure we'll come on to at some point, um, probably would have, could have been red versus white as well. One kit, probably the standout kit for me in this group is the Finland home, vastly popular um i saw it in lots of polls being in the top two or three shirts for the euros something really unique and different and 
it's really surprising for a nation of, with the standing of Finland. You'd expect uh, Nike to be designing something like this for one of their kind of higher tiered countries. Um, so really good to see, really kind of just a modern take on a almost a retro kind of inspiration design. Really liked it, really stood out for me. One of my personal favourite kits of the tournament. Mm, I guess them using the black gradient allowed them to circumvent the rule on the size of flag motifs. <clears throat> Yeah, definitely. John? For me, the Denmark ones were the standouts. Um, I was lucky enough to do a little bit of work for the, the Danish Football Federation before the tournament. And um, they didn't tell me about this. And I was a bit upset because I'd, I'd love to have had a heads up on that. I thought it was the, the third kit was superb. And it, it really it really felt like a practical third kit because you've got this, this rule with the white sleeves that we know that FIFA and UEFA have got a little bit of a bee in their bonnet about. And I think this is a perfect way to tap into that that 86 uh, kind of uh, zeitgeist, if you like, but actually have a practical kit for use as well. And I thought the home shirt was great. Hummel, as I say, I think I think are just on fire at the moment. Um, so really impressed by them. Finland away, I thought that the, the, the shades of blue didn't work for me. I, I really had a problem seeing them on the pitch and they kind of jarred with me a bit. But Russia away was a, was a smart looking outfit and tapped into that. Um, kind of kit from a few years back with the white and the, and the red and blue sort of uh, bands on so it's a group yeah i love the russia way i i think my favorite kind of kit philosophy is a white shirt with two dark accent colors and i love horizontal bands my one problem with that kit is that the white socks had black adidas stripes my one problem with that kit was that the white socks had black adidas stripes and logo which you wouldn't notice on first glance, you're, you're just expecting them to be blue. But when you look closely, it does just take from it a little bit. I'd agree with you on the, the Denmark one, John. I, I love that kit for its function as much for its form. Because, you know, the only alternative for that game against Belgium, even though Denmark were, they were the actual home team because it was on in Copenhagen, but they were the administrative home team, we'll say. But... If they didn't have the third kit, they would have had to wear all white with Belgium in all red. And that would have been a shame. So it just showed a bit of um, forethought and a bit of creativity. And it's kind of something you suggested, John, when England and Scotland met in the World Cup qualifiers in 2016 and 2017. And they changed because of Scotland had the white sleeves, obviously, and England had their kit. And you suggested Scotland wear an all-navy kit as a... A one-off option, and it just it just makes sense. It's like I think back in the sixties, uh, Hearts had an Ajax style kit, and it meant that they clashed with Hibs. And for for the two for the games that season, each the away team each time wore a plain green or plain maroon shirt just to avoid diff, completely different colours. And it it just it it just it's one of my favourite kits for that reason because it it just showed people who knew the rules, knew how their own kits would be dealt with by UEFA. And they said, look, our colour's red, so here's another option. And we saw it again in the semi-final. Uh, and, you know, it just, it, I give it a, a big thumbs up anyway. I do wonder that, if there was any other third kits registered, but we just never got to see them. Yeah, it's a good question. Mm. Like, the Italy one is considered registered, but... What I wonder what clashes it would have solved that the home wouldn't, um, you know, tonally they're, they're quite similar. I think, Dennis, you made a great point there. I think, it, and what you said about Denmark and their attitude to kits, you could argue is the polar opposite to Russia, going with the black Adidas trim. Yeah, yeah, like, it's just a shame to see, you know, what we would consider such a big contract for Adidas, mm. just kind of treated in a, a team wear style with the socks obviously the shirt was a bespoke design and the home the home as we know went through uh, a, a change or two because of the the cuffs i think belgium got a raw deal in this tournament when you look at how good their kits were in 2016 and 2018 this felt a little generic i'll certainly echo the point about denmark and not just that their primary change and third look good Everything in that kit set looked good. The anthem jackets were beautiful. Yeah. 
the, the range of colours that Casper Michael got to wear. And even the, the grey mile warm-up tops, um, I, I think arguably in terms of kit sets, I think, I think Hummel ran away with it with the Denmark set. Okay, so moving on. So Group C was made up of Austria, Netherlands, Ukraine and debutants North Macedonia. Tried really hard not to put the in front of two of those teams. And the group featured two games where both teams wore change kits, both involving North Macedonia. It was also the most diverse group in terms of kit suppliers, featuring Joma and Yako, as well as Nike and Puma. So what caught your attention in this group, Gav? Austria straight away. Another team that used three different kits for the three games. So stand up there, um, particularly with the use of the blue teal and then the all black uh, versions with their uh, black away shirt. Um, so kind of an interesting look there. Uh, North Macedonia as well. The kits have been in use for five years. I know there was some discussion, I think, in the last part about the uh, how the new kits were rejected by the Federation. So they went back to the um, older kits. So been in place since September 2016. And from my what I can see in my research, I think they only wore that kit once in um, before the tournament against Spain. Um, and they wore it twice in the group stage. So in that case, it's doubled its life in the in a couple of weeks or 10 days from the five years that it had been in use. John, what did you like? I think the, uh, as Gav said, the Austria kind of mashup on that first game is, is, is a real head scratcher because why didn't they wear the all black outfit? And it, it really kind of clashed. And it, it made me think of this Adidas ethos at the moment of an influence with, with street soccer and that kind of, uh, you know, just grabbing whatever's handy. And it kind of, you know, the, the colours don't quite blend. It's, it's as if it's very ad hoc. Um, which they've said is a is a real influence for how they're approaching um, kit colour choices at the moment. Ukraine I found interesting purely because of the badge and logo um, number placement, actually having the number in place of, of the badge. Similarly, the Dutch kits, the Netherlands, which you know they're they're pretty standard as usual, but they've got this kind of rather jaunty number position under the the Nike logo, which in that group stands out again. The other thing with the the Dutch is the the collar. I know we've we've seen this collar on a couple of um, Nike kits at the moment, but it seems to go against their modernistic ethos with the with the Vaporneck kits to put a collar back on. So I mean, I'm kind of intrigued by that. Yeah, it's interesting. What, what I liked um, is that the Dutch, to all intents and purposes, and Ukraine, their change kits were reversals of the home. Like I know the the Dutch away didn't have the pattern on the front. And it had a different color, but the design and the colors were switched. And just nowadays, manufacturers seem to want to try to reinvent the wheel the whole time. So it was nice to see what we've, you know, grown up with at an international mm. level in terms of a lot of countries. Just we, our, our first colors clash, so we'll just switch them so we still look like ourselves. Like I know it's been 13 years, but I still wish Austria wore white with black, but only because it was what I was used to growing up. I presume they probably didn't want to look as much like Germany, but a few people unkindly said no that they looked like Rotterdam. One, <laughs> one, one very nerdy thing to notice in this group is that there were two games where the officials wore changed socks because um, the Macron officials' kits, the, the default is that the socks match the shirt, but there were two where the black socks were worn. I think with the... The one with the blue shirt and one with the yellow shirt, they actually probably look better because it's what we're used to with, with officials. And John, just to go back to what you were saying about the mismatching look for Austria and the street soccer thing, and it's something myself and Liz have discussed on this podcast before, is that we don't get kit launches anymore. We get shirt launches, and it, it's someone in a in a cavern, you know, with graffiti behind them, and they're just wearing a shirt. <laughs> Sometimes they have a hoodie on under the shirt just to make it look even more ridiculous. And it's like, we want to see the kit because that's what we see on the pitch, but they're not selling to us, I guess. No, and I think, actually, you've, you touched on the point. Sometimes I, you can't make a judgment on the kit until you see it worn, until you see it in action. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I echo your point, John, about it being a head-scratcher, wearing the previous away kit shorts in that one game and then switching to black. The only thing I could think of is... Perhaps they didn't want to change the anthem jackets as well because the anthem jackets were black, teal, black, turquoise. Either way, they look like something David Icke might have worn in 1993. <laughs> uh, 
What about the Macedonian kits? I mean, it's amazing that a, a team is wearing a kit that precedes a name change of the country. That mm-hmm. That's unusual. Overall, it didn't look too anachronistic. We haven't mentioned that Ukraine's kit caused a diplomatic incident by containing the outline of Crimea and the Russians objected to it. So you've got one federation rejecting a kit in this group and you've Mm -hmm. you've got another provoking diplomatic incidents and the hurried sending of Ferrero Rochers to Moscow. I I don't think they sent Ferrero Rochers. I think they just sent back a fax saying Crimea River. And with that, we move on to Group B, where we had the renewing of the oldest rivalry in international football. England and Scotland joined by the owners of arguably Europe's funkiest flags, Croatia and the Czech Republic. John, what are your main takeaways from this one? Well, I think the uh, I, I thought the England home shirt was was the home kit was superb. I, I really really like that. Probably given what I said earlier, maybe it's the badge placement that does it for me. But my major bugbear is the way it doesn't work as a set of kits with the away the away strip. Again, going that phrase, a head scratcher. Why they, they're just so different? I like kits to be a set, and when they mix and mash mash them up. They work. They actually look uniform and have the uh, the essence of the country there. The England ones don't do it for me. Scotland kit functional. Shade of blue and the shorts didn't seem quite right with the shirt. I I found my biggest problem being a being a Scotland fan is why they didn't get the funky Adidas passport stamp match detail embroidery. I wondered I think, that as well. Yeah, Russia yeah. Wouldn't, Russia didn't have it either. And Did it, they uh, not? No. And that made me feel a little bit inferior. And uh, as a Scotland football team, we feel inferior enough as it is. So we don't need um, match day prejudice. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what did you make of it, Gav? Yeah, this was fairly uneventful for a group. Um, only six kits worn. So the lowest kits we'd seen with um, Scotland and England wearing the same kit for all three games. Um, so only one of only, well, two of only three teams where we didn't see the away kit in the group stages. The Croatia kits were interesting for me in that one had the larger checks, one had the smaller checks. You know, normally they're very uniform in their design. So I was quite interested. They went with the the smaller check on the away, but I did quite like the black away. And, you know, as all mainly with the Croatia games, we do see them in their away kit more than their home kit. So I, I found that an interesting kit and something a little different from the home. So that was good. I often wonder with the Croatia kit, if you're the Nike designer that gets given when they're handing out the team kits, right? You're doing, you're doing uh, Netherlands, you're doing Portugal, you're doing Croatia. That guy's heart must sink to think, right? I've got to work with these checks again. How can I do something with this? Yeah, and, and like Gav said, they do end up wearing the change kit a lot, but perhaps not as much as we might actually, you know, think they do. Because I, I looked it up after they lost to, to Spain, I just did a quick check since. Euro 96 was their first tournament and they that was their 43rd game the one against Spain and they've worn the away 23 times and the home 20 and in fact in World Cup 2006 and 14 they only wore the home kit which kind of goes against what we think but what I should have checked and what I haven't yet checked is how many of the games were away kit versus away kit which kind of gives an insight into just how problematic it is. Um, like you say, John, it's hard to go do anything different. Um, their kit in 1988 was effectively white with a kind of a, the flag pattern, which was a, a good way of doing it. And, you know, it had more demarcation as the light kit for, against dark kit. Um, what was something I would try if I was the designer, but it would probably be rejected by the Federation, would be to give them an all-red kit and an all-white kit with check patterns tonal so that you have white with very light red or pink checks on one and then red with, you know, like what we were saying about mm. Switzerland and Turkey, you know, a different shade of red then. And that way you're in the checks in every game and you're in your your country's colours. But at this case, it, it seems like grey and black are the, the, the backup. They should have a a different flag in grey and black when they play in the change kit. Or how about a Bristol Rovers style kit where it's quartered and yeah. like the Adidas Juventus where the idea is the stripes are made by the players standing in a line. The checks come from the, yeah, che- the checker yeah. ball comes from that. I don't know. <laughs> um I wasn't a massive fan of the check to move on from the C H E C K S to the C Z E C H S's. 
their home kit with the, the dark blue shorts, you know, to my mind, they're red, white, blue, but that's a combination that's hard to get away with in an international tournament. What say you, Les? I thought that kit worked really well, and I think it just increases my anger that the Puma teams were so focused on wearing the, the white away kits that we didn't see much of some of the really beautiful primary kits. I thought, you know, it's not something, you're right, it's not something we associate with the Czech Republic, but I thought it was quite lovely. I'm disappointed not to see Scotland's away kit. I'm sort of hoping they have white shorts with the next primary kit. And I'm not a fan of the England away either. I know it's probably designed for the youth. I just found the the graphic pattern a bit too busy. And it's also not a shade of blue I associate with England. So didn't have any love for that. And I'm not sad that it hasn't been used. Yeah, and I'd, I'd agree with what John said. Like in, in 2018, England wore white shorts in a good few games, but they were the away shorts and they just worked with the home. Whereas this time around, you you need special alternative shorts rather than being able to mix, which is what we usually take as the case with England. Okay, so we move on to Group E. So that was formed by Spain, Sweden, Slovakia and Poland and outfitted by Nike and Adidas exclusively. Gav, give us some hot stats about this group. Yeah, so this group, each team had two kits. Um, the only team that didn't use their away was Sweden. So this was the third team didn't use their away kit in the group stages or in the tournament at all. But the, again, we can talk and uh, follow on the conversation there. The interchangeability with the away kit with its yellow shorts meant it was a perfect matchup to go all yellow. Also, one thing to call out from here, which is something I haven't seen in football for a long time, is the yellow versus white mashup. You know, probably for the last 15, 20 years, if a team in yellow and white play each other, mm-hmm. then the white team or, you know, one will change. Uh, you think England, Brazil, you often see England wearing their away kit. Um, so this was something unusual and really kind of stood out in the group me. Um, and then we saw it later on in the knockout stages as well. Yeah, it just underlines the inconsistency when it comes to um, deciding the kits really for each game that, you know, we're told that's not allowed and then it, it happens. So, I, I don't know. Um, the 2002 World Cup, a notable exception to it, and France and Brazil in 06, when France wanted to wear their white away for superstitious reasons, and Brazil, rather than having Brazil in blue against France, they wore their, their home, but like you say, very rarely seen. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point, Gav, about that Sweden-Slovakia. That hadn't registered with me. I think the Sweden kits are my favourite out of this bunch, to be honest. I think the away kit was lovely. It's a shame we didn't get to see it. Spain, I think, got a bit of a bit of a raw raw deal with this the the Adidas kind of painterly brushstroke effect. I'm not sure how well that one in particular works. And you know, I I've been following kits for years, but I've never got I've never got excited by a Poland shirt, and mm-hmm. this is no exception. It's the um, it, it's a, I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't seem to do anything. So something I didn't like about the Poland home was just. The, the big thick trim on the, the collar I thought if that was a bit neater it might have made for a better kit but clutching a straws here like John says bland to the extreme I thought I thought it looked quite smart the, the home um, and I found it quite interesting that because that's based on the vapour template that Roma wore last season and has also been recycled for the upcoming season by Liverpool I think there's something very familiar about the interchangeability of Poland kits isn't it that you know, we'll have red shorts on the white shirts and, and vice versa. Um, we just didn't get to see the uh, the white shorts, one, one with the red shirts. I thought Slovakia's top was interesting, but it had a bit of a warm-up top vibe to it. Yeah, sure yeah. It popular with the youth. Um, the thing I didn't it. like... The thing I didn't like about the Spain away shirt was the pattern made it look sweaty at kickoff. <laughs> um, and And, you know, also... The manager's cashmere jumper, I'm sure it was very expensive, but that looked dirty as well. I just thought that everything they had looked like it needed to go through the wash. <laughs> the, other, the other comment, I, I could, if I could make briefly about the Adidas kits this year, I've got a little bit of an obsession with where the, the three stripes sit on the shoulders. And I was watching, I think, the Spain game, and it felt like they were even more pulled forward than they've ever been. I don't know if you've, Dennis, if you've clocked this, if you've no, ever wondered. No, you're, you're right. And I've just, in my illustrations, I, I haven't I, I haven't changed it. But no, I, I, presume it, I presume it's a kind of an advertising thing just to make sure yeah. that when the player is being interviewed or whatever or on screen, that you see the three stripes. That's the only reason I can come up for it. But yeah, you're definitely right. And it, it like... In in older times, the three stripes would have 
sat on top of the seam yeah. on the shoulder blade. Whereas now, if you look very closely, that seam is just behind the last stripe, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I miss goals when I'm watching football because all I'm doing is looking at the position <laughs> yeah, yeah, of the stripes. Yeah. <laughs> I know the feeling. And so moving on to the, the final group, supposedly the group of death, they were all gone by the last 16, so it was the group of extinction, even though you had the European and world champions, Portugal and France respectively, the world champions before that, Germany, and a team who trailed for, I think, nine minutes of the whole tournament, hungry, but ended up with nothing. So what did you make of it, Gav? So for me, one of the most interesting kind of groups in terms of kit, we saw 11 different kits in the six games, so 11 out of 12 possible kits, with Portugal the only team using a kit twice where they used their home kit. I really liked the France-Germany game as a a matchup. Don't often see Germany in all white, so that was something. I know we saw it in the 2014 World Cup, but this just seemed to work a little bit more. I thought it brought more detail of the home shirt out and the French kit. I, I know it's a rehash of that 1984 kit. We've seen it many times, but this is one of the best ones. And I think it works well because of the blue shorts and, and the red socks. I think that highlights some of the detail in the shirt a little more. Again, when we talked about earlier, you know, shirts are often released and you don't see the whole kit. I think if you saw this shirt, you would think one thing. If you see the whole kit, it becomes something completely different. Um, so I really like that matchup between the two kits. We also saw that they say Germany in their away black or black kit, which is very popular, I think, in the community. I think a lot of people um, are liking it, but I think in it probably targeting to the youth, the blackout thing, particularly with the German teams, the club teams, it's a, kind of a heavy focus there. So I'm not surprised to see that in the international team, but really interesting group for me in terms of kids yeah uh i i would i would definitely agree john what do you think yeah i, I think it was a, it is a really interesting group and, and look at how many of them have horizontal hoops and bars and pinstripes yeah. and whatever they've you know i think the the france ones are, are, are stunning and i think gav you made a great point about how the socks are really integral to that kit um and you think about, you know, in Victorian times, socks were ignored. It wasn't until some years after the professional game had been going that socks were registered and recognised. But this is a great example of how socks can finish off the kit perfectly. Yeah, so for me, the France ones are standouts. Germany home, yeah, looks good, looks good. Not a fan of blackout kits. Uh, I, I, I'm just too old, I think, for that. But the uh, And the Portugal one, I really want to like the away kit, but I don't. But I really want to, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I I get what you're saying. It's got a look of um, as if you're looking at the negative of a rugby union shirt. <laughs> it's got a bit less, yeah. to it. Bit less the tigers. Yeah. I was fascinated by Hungary's use of shorts because there were alternate red shorts in the first game, and the red didn't seem to quite match up with the shirts. It seemed a, a bit darker. And then when they did wear their primary shirts again, they wore them with the change white shorts because they had two distinct sets of, of white shorts and then the final game they wore their full change kit so that again included them and the only really difference was that the red adidas three stripes was truncated on the side of the chain shorts rather than the home i thought the france away kit was uh, was pretty good and i i liked the mashup against hungary with the the navy shorts of the of the home kit with the white shirts and, and socks so that was a, a good look yeah, I think that that day, that second Saturday of the tournament was one of the best in terms of kits because the, that Hungary-France game, it, it was a, a real antidote to the all-red v all-white, which I was fearing for that match. Just to see the two teams have the same colour on, on an L, each on an element of their kit, you know, it, it didn't affect anyone's viewing of the game, but it's the kind of thing that UEFA and FIFA tend to want to avoid now and later that evening then. I was thinking, God, will they make Portugal wear red shorts and Germany white shorts? But that was two home kits, so at least we were spared that. The, the Portugal home, I think if it was a couple of shades darker, I think it would be a lot better. And, you know, going really traditional, I'd prefer the yellow trim rather than the black. didn't dislike it as a kit. The Germany blacker one, I'm not pushed either way, but what I didn't like was that they contrived an opportunity to wear it. You know, they're white, hungry or red. There was no need for that game to be black versus white, but, you know, old man shouting at a cloud. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay then, so the 2014 format means that a single win's likely to see you advance to the round of 16, so long as you don't get battered in the last game like Slovakia did. There were some shocks as the Czechs dumped out the Netherlands, the Swiss ousted France on penalties, and England made surprisingly light work of Germany. Gav, give us a data fix on the round of 16. So the big standout for here means six of the eight games were one colour versus one colour. So the only two games where we didn't see that was Italy, Austria and France, Switzerland, but Switzerland wore all white as well. So 13 of the 16 teams were all in one colour for these. It really kind of stood out for me and kind of tacking on to what Dennis was saying for Group F, sometimes having that colour breakup just makes it a little bit more visually stimulating rather than just kind of watching a computer game of... uh, of you know team red versus team white so that really stood out for me in this in this round john i think the, the biggest thing that struck me in this one was the um uh, belgian portugal tie which i would suggest is is the worst match for kits looking at put the pair of them together there but yeah it was good to see a, a couple of the uh the different combinations like the england in all white again and then England playing Ukraine, white and yellow. So we've got that clash instance and that that whole kind of black light and uh, dark versus light that's been such a kind of key part of international football, yet again being challenged. So, yeah, I think it, it, England socks are a good point as well. Remind me of those Nike USA socks from a few years back. So Yeah, it, it's it's a very subtle detail, the mm. very fine trim. Um, it was only when I looked very close for the purposes of illustrating them that I actually noticed what what they what they were and with the, the tonal um the, the tonal night logo and yeah. the three lions um so yeah like you say interesting and socks are an almost neglected part of a kit nowadays like the the bravest any manufacturer seems to go is to put the the logo on the back and put the initials of the association on the front so we, we didn't see much new in this round but i did like seeing Italy in the navy peacoat shorts again. I think it's such a fresh look for them and perhaps fitting for a team playing a very un-Italian brand of football. You know, that's not Catanaccio, they're playing under Mancini. So I kind of like that distinctive visual look of, of, of the navy shorts. And it's quite well, it's quite interesting to see Austria in red because we saw so few uh, Puma primary kits in this tournament. So whenever they use, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, and even just a, a blue versus red match. And again, we're able to tell the teams apart. Same Italy versus Wales. So why is it okay in some games and not in others? Like, even if UEFA just explained the rationale behind the decisions, just so we could understand them a bit more. But yeah, 16 became eight then and into the quarterfinals. Italy saw off Belgium and Spain got past Switzerland, who used up all their good penalties against France. England had a very easy win in their only non-home match against Ukraine and Denmark's fairy tale continued as they bounced the checks out and it was all white-shirted wins I think wasn't it? Yep all teams that won wore white shirts um, also England then in their kind of default home became the 53rd kit used in the tournament uh, that was our only new kit that we see, have seen in the knockout phases. It's funny, actually, like you said, um, Les, about the, the two reds and the Switzerland kit. Last year, I forget who they were playing, but they wore the white shorts from the away kit that was launched at the same time as that. And you'd think it would look better, but with that shirt, it did not, you know, it really brought the, the look of the kit down. Um, so it just ties in with what we were saying about how, how you can't judge a shirt, you have to judge a kit. Mm. And Switzerland, of course, one of the countries that has the, the kind of the extra motif on the shirts as well, which, you know, make, can make them look be, beginning to look a little cluttered on that yeah. kind of upper, upper chest. We've not really mentioned Switzerland's Helvetica yeah. number and, and name font, which was uh, which was quite a nice touch. One, one thing I noticed in the Italy-Belgium game is that both keepers wore long sleeve shirts, which had the sleeves cut off. I don't know what that was about. We didn't see it repeated at any other point as far as I can tell but it was just something that stood out for me and of course at this point Spain have thrown away the home kits don't need those anymore just interesting decision first two games in primary kits and then white forevermore after that but it was good to see the the the, the Puma primary kits Um, I think 
that for me was the thing I liked about the Puma in the tournament was the was the the colour blocking and the use of different coloured shorts that we used to. Uh, I just thought it was a better way of grabbing attention than the than the way they did it with the away shirts. But you know, it's all personal preference, isn't it? Yeah. I'm absolutely. just wondering, just wondering what the story is with the Incan shorts. Why they they went for that? Because um, I know a few years back they were they were a little bit obsessed with a major tournament being single colour and the qualifying tournament being uh, white navy white. Just wondered if there's clearly there's been a shift there. And another yeah. thing to call out for England as well, um, they used the black goalkeeper kit against Ukraine, oh, which yeah. I think is only the second time it's been used, but it's it's one they kind of marketed a lot in a lot of the publicity photos. They're in the black, so it's uh, it's so I think definitely the, the first time in the tournament, but I think second time overall. Interesting. So we move on to the semi-finals then, and Spain are pitted against Yatsuri, and England take on the Danes. Plus, the toy ball carrying Volkswagen reappears. Um, <laughs> not seen it since its debut in Rome on opening day. So, Gav, what did you notice about the semi-finals? Again, we, we've already mentioned, but Spain in a white again for the fourth time in a row. One thing I do want to call out as well with the Italy kit, um, Italy haven't worn the same kit two games running. Um, they've always changed their kit game on to game. But I do, um, I don't normally like gold um, fonts, gold, you know, numbered lettering. But I do think this works with this kit as well. I don't know why. Uh, it's just that little bit of extra with this kit that gives it that little bit of, little bit of a pop, little bit of a standout, something that makes it work. And also with the team performing the way they are, they just kind of can pull the gold detailing off. Yeah, I'd agree. Just on, on the Spain thing, like obviously we're used to seeing them in in the white in this tournament, and and it, it it's funny because I remember growing up and it seemed that they'd go ages without changing in a in a major tournament. They they went, I think they changed in the World Cup two thousand and eight, and they didn't change again until Euro two thousand and four. But like given the dark versus lighting, I'd like to see them at some tournament have a yellow a yellow change shirt. You know, just. Like we were saying about it's still the country's identity then and you can have yellow with red and, you know, white, everyone has it. So it, it can become boring if, if the shirt isn't well designed. I know in, was this year 2008, they had a gold um, change kit they wore against Russia in the semi-final, but just a yellow with red, I think would look kind of fresh. I did like the fact that Denmark subverted the assumption that third kits are about generated income because you can't buy one for love no money. So they, they wasn't doing it to uh, to bring any money in. It clearly was just the uh, the sleeve and shorts clash that it was resolving. Something I learned about the um, the Italy-Spain game, I think that was the game I looked at it and I thought, you know, those shorts, what colour are they? And, I, and when I saw they were Pico, I thought, oh, here we go. It's a designer's like, you know, hand grenade grey. They've got this some fancy name for a colour. So then when I Googled it, I realised Pico was a proper colour. So I learned something from, from that. It wasn't just a, um, a designer's made-up name. <laughs> so wins for Italy and England have reduced us from 24 down to 2 and we're recording this ahead of the final. What are we expecting kit-wise from the match? Will will UEFA allow home v home or will it be blue navy blue versus all white? I'm going to go for yeah, blue navy blue and all white for England. Yeah, I that's what I'm fearing but no. if, if you look in UEFA's kit regulations it does kind of have a little line saying in a final, we should endeavour to let teams wear their home kits. And like, if you look back at Euro 2016, like if France and Portugal met at any other stage in that tournament, one of them would have had to change, I think, right. because it was the final we had home versus home. So, or even Euro 84, like you were saying, John, earlier, uh, France and Spain looked great in home versus home, but uh, Portugal had changed against France in the semis. Like, so... And if that is the case, that we do see home v home, which is a slim possibility, it would call into question if you can have a mix of colours for the most important match, why do we have to have these black colours for every other game? Yeah, it's so, to think people with colour blindness tune out after the semi finals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've got a feeling if England are allowed to wear navy shorts, they will definitely win. I'm going to stick my neck out on that. Big call. <laughs> I think Italy are the designated home team, aren't they? So oh, are they? Uh, okay. Yeah, so I, I'm not entirely sure. I thought white was their default home shorts, but I could be wrong on that. So if they go that route, then I would expect to see England with navy shorts. Yeah, white is the the default Italy. The the, the navy shorts with the gold trimmer are, are alternates. 
but I yeah, it, it's good that the final is between two good shirts, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um that you know, I, I that's why Belgium didn't get to the final, let's be honest, because in the design room a lorry drove through it. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us, Gav and John. Gav, how can people interact with you should they wish to? Yeah, so on the Twitter and Instagram, I'm uh, at KitGeek. Um, so you can mainly find me there. Twitter's the main place, and you can get my links to my blog. Excellent. And John, should um, listeners wish to engage with you on social media, how can they do so? On Twitter is my main my main thing, and uh, yeah, I really need to get on there a little bit more at True Colors Kits or John at TrueColorsFootballKits.com. Drop me an email. Excellent. I've been really enjoying the, the delving into the the early years of football kits, John. Very oh. eye-opening stuff, so I'd highly recommend people check that out. Thank you, Dennis. Les, how can people get hold of you? At Hull City Kits on most social medias, but people can, of course, tweet at Football Kit Pod, should they wish. And I'm Dennis, and you can get me at Museum of Jerseys or museumofjerseys.com. Thanks to our guests, John Devlin. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. I've loved it today. Thank you. And Gavin Hope. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Hendrik going to try his luck again, but now it's Schick from range. Oh, it is a thrilling goal. It is one of the great Euro goals. Kitlog supplemental started after the Euro 2020 final. As anticipated, both Italy and England wore primary kits, but with alternate shorts, peacoat navy for Italy and white for England, looks that we'd seen before in the tournament. Congratulations to Italy who won their second European Championship, Kedzie a shootout victory over England at Wembley Stadium. Yiatsuri now possessed two Henry Delaunay Cups, the first one back in 1968. Thanks for listening to this Euro 2020 review special. Dennis and I will be back with episode six of the Football Kit podcast soon. Until then, I'd like to once again thank our guests for this episode, John Devlin and Gavin Hope. <laughs>